refreshing, delicious and packed with the good stuff. It's The Juice with Louise Wilkinson on Newcastle Live Radio. It is Therapy Thursday and that means that it is time to welcome back Tony Knight, our resident psychotherapist. How are you today, Tony? Louise, I am splendid. How about you? I love that word, splendid. (laughs) You just don't hear enough of it, do you? No, I'm going to start using it more often. I like it. Now, I recommend it. Yeah, today we're talking about something that um, can perplex a lot of us and that Mm -hmm. is when a friend comes to us and they say, I'm struggling and we want to be able to help that friend, that family member, uh, our significant other, whoever it is. But it's challenging to know how to help and I guess today we're going to have a discussion about how we help those we love. That's exactly right because, you know, we humans are a social species which means that we just do better um, when we're with other people and that's never more true than when we're struggling. Mm. As I like to say to people, resilience is a team sport. We should be able to get help from each other. Yeah, I love that. I have a big smile on my face. You've given me two. (laughs) Splendid and resilience is a team sport and we're, what, two minutes in. (laughs) Oh, stick around, Louise, since you're so easily pleased. (laughs) You may hear more. Love it. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. Um, So the thing about helping others is that we tend to make the same consistent mistakes when it comes to helping others we will either tend to avoid doing it altogether because we kind of think, oh, you know, I'm out of my depth. I don't know what to say to them. I haven't got any advice for them. I, you know, I can't relate to what they're going through. You know, there's a whole lot of reasons why we might want to avoid doing that. And look, I get that. I understand that. But actually there are ways that we can help people And we certainly don't need to be an expert on the area. We don't need to be a counsellor or a guru. Just being ourselves can help. And, of course, then there's the other extreme where um, people think, you know, I'm feeling so badly for this person and I care about them and so I don't want them to suffer anymore, so I'm just going to tell them what to do. I think I know the answer because... I've been through this myself or I know someone else who's been through this. I can help them. I can tell them what to do. And I would say that the extremes of avoiding someone and telling them what to do are both things that we should avoid. The only time, by the way, that I think it's useful to tell someone what to do is in a crisis. So this is where someone is clearly not able to do things for themselves Um, and then you may need to be quite active in helping them to get to the next step. But other than that, for for day-to-day things, I would say go the middle ground because actually you can do it and it doesn't require expertise. It doesn't require heaps of practice. Mm, Yeah. So, yeah, there are those two extremes, and I know that, um, you know, I myself have – Uh, either sort of thought to myself, oh, like I'm so flooded myself, you know, am I better just to keep out of this because I'm out of my depth, I don't know what to say. And um, and I guess, you know, if we're being really transparent, there is an element of selfishness that we're going, if we take this on, um, you know, that's adding to our mental load and Mm. maybe it's not, you're not in a space to cope with it. 
on the other side of that, um, injecting yourself into, you know, this is the solution and this is what you must do is also, um, you know, fraught with uh, potholes because, yeah, you can you can give the wrong advice and then that can come and bite you in the butt. Um, it yes. might not feel authentic for that person, um, the advice that you're that you're giving it. So from your point of view, so how do we, as friends, as family, as you know, as some talking to someone that we love, how do we show up in a way that is going to be helpful? Yes, it and it's not that difficult, Louise. Um, so what we do is that if we start, if someone wants to speak to us we get to decide whether or not we want to do it. So just because someone's suffering doesn't mean that it's a really good idea for us right here and now. I mean, ideally we will, but I'm going to suggest that one of the most powerful things we can do for another person is to truly listen to them. And I mean put our agendas, our to-do list, all of our stuff to one side. If you can imagine putting it in a mental box for a little while so that if we are going to be there for someone we're being there for them a hundred percent even if it's just for 10 minutes now if we can't do that then I would suggest that you reschedule it to another time because one of the most helpful and healing things we can do for another person is to truly listen to them it it actually doesn't happen much I I was a, um, a teacher of community services at TAFE Uh, for about eight, nine years, and I used to teach communication skills. And I would always start by asking the class of about 25 people, how many of you feel that at any stage of your life you have been truly listened to? And I would say in general a third to a half of the class would raise their hands. And so these were adults who could not remember any time in their life when someone had truly listened to them, Mm. which I think is pretty sad, isn't it? It is. And, uh, you know, there are all sorts of reasons why that would happen. And But I guess, you know, learning to be present and and really showing up um, for the people that we love um, without agenda, without bias is, uh, you know, is something within us that that needs to be cultivated and um, we need the first step in that is awareness, which is why we have these fantastic discussions here on Therapy Thursday and bring them into people's consciousness to really get people to think about how they might show up for their friends and their family. Right. It, it's something that can take a little bit of practice, but it's it's easy enough to do if you are willing to do it. It's simply a choice to go, yes, I've got a lot on. Let's face it, we're all busy. I'm going to give 10 minutes to this person and I'm not going to, you know, allow myself to be hijacked by other things. Yeah. And, you know, as I said, this, this giving total attention to someone is incredibly valuable. It's very healing. A person feels or automatically now starts to feel like someone cares. You know, to be listened to says that they matter. And this is the start of the person themselves being able to solve their problems. And this is the middle road that I'm talking about. We don't need to ignore people. We don't need to solve their problems for them. We need to create a little bit of space so that the person can do it themselves. And that definitely starts with giving them our undivided attention 
and showing them that we're listening to them. So we're giving them appropriate eye contact. We might be nodding the way you're nodding at me now. You know, our body language and everything is saying to that person, I'm here with you and you matter. Yeah. Incredibly important. And I think the other thing to do, by the way, in terms of preparation is to calm yourself down as listener and remind yourself you don't have to take responsibility for this person. You are not there to fix them. You're not responsible because that can feel, as you said earlier, like an incredible burden. It's like, oh, I don't know what to do. You know, you don't need to do that much. You're not there to fix them or to solve the issue. That is their responsibility. And it's a gift. You wouldn't want to take that gift away from someone because effectively if you're trying to solve it for them, you're saying, well, you know, you you don't know how to do it. You know, you want to give that person a vote of confidence that says that given the right kind of environment, People can solve their problems and I know you can solve your problem and I'm going to do my bit now to give the right environment. Mm. You're not saying that to them, but this is the approach that you're taking. You know, give them the gift of being able to solve their own problems because it gives them a lift. They can come up with the right problems. They go to a stronger and better place for being able to do it. And what you are doing for them cannot be underestimated. It is very powerful very loving, very healing to just give people space to solve their own problems. Fantastic. Well, what we might do is we'll take a little break and we'll come back with this discussion because it is one that is an extremely powerful uh, tool and one that, um, you know, we should all sit back and have a think about how we can show up for our loved ones. So we will be right back on Therapy Thursday with Tony Knight here on The Juice. We're back on Therapy Thursdays with the lovely Tony Knight. And today we're talking about how we show up for our loved ones when they come to us with a problem and how we should, should, I I don't like using the word should, but let's use it in this context, be present for our friends and family when they come to us with a problem. We did talk in the first segment about how we can't necessarily solve the problem and we don't really want to avoid it either because we want our loved one to be heard. Uh, but it's a it's a middle ground that we are all, you know, struggling to find, I guess. And, uh, you know, it's good to have these discussions about how we find that middle ground and really show up for our loved ones. Now, Tony, first of all, I guess that when someone does come to us, as the person um, receiving this information, it can be a little bit uncomfortable. Yes, absolutely. Um, You know, displaying strong emotions is mostly frowned upon in in Western societies. Mm. And so we tend to keep that stuff for ourselves. And so, you know, if we haven't grown up with it, we can feel really uncomfortable with people in front of us being, you know, really sad, maybe crying, maybe even sobbing. Um, And so our tendency is to want to try to jump in and help them to feel better. And so we might say things, you know, well-meaning things like don't cry, you know, it'll be be okay. Um, You know, I know of someone who's had an even worse situation than you. So we kind of try to to minimise it and get them to instantly be okay. And we think that's helping. 
quite often what's happening is that we're just not comfortable with it ourselves. Yes. And and really, if we want to give people a space to solve their problems and to heal, it's important to be okay with whatever emotions they're showing up with. It's this space, this healing space that we're giving them may start with a lot of emotion. If you're prepared to just allow that to happen, if they can see that you're listening, then when they're ready, you know, maybe they've stopped sobbing or, you know, they're they're not stressing out as much, that's when you're going to know that they're probably ready to start telling their story. Don't rush it. Just allow them to have that time because, you know, all those emotions need to come out. Um, you know, it's it's just about accepting what is. It's not pleasant, but you can tolerate it. You can accept it. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm just thinking back to to all of the times that it is, you know, when someone starts crying in front of us, our first instinct is to go, don't cry. And, yeah, yeah and, and so that when, you know, when we swallow all of that, we swallow our anger, we swallow our sadness, we swallow our frustration, uh, that shows up later because we've, su- we've suppressed it as humans. And so it comes out in, you know, we, we may not, um, we may have had sort of our, suppress our anger um, towards a certain situation and it might show up um, because, you know, out of the blue because someone left a sock on the floor. Mm. So, yeah, allowing uh, our loved ones to be able to, express that emotion whatever it is whether it's sadness or anger or frustration or whatever they're feeling I guess is is and just hold space for them is just Mm. so important yeah yeah it absolutely is um you know we we don't want them to be other than what they are at the moment and if we can accept their discomfort their their pain their misery um they'll move through it fairly quickly Mm. most of the time you know Um, And and so what we're really doing then is once we're allowing people to express their emotions and when they're ready, they will start to tell the story of what happened, you know, and there's lots of different variations on this, but let's keep it simple. It's a what happened story. Mm. And we're listening. And when the person pauses and just, you know, don't talk over them, you know, don't make it an inquisition, but just gently when there's a sufficient pause, you might start asking some useful questions. Again, you don't want to fire them one after the other, but you're helping that other person to just fill in the gaps in their story. Mm. Because as they're telling the story, something very special is happening. They are starting to make sense of what's going on in a way that they haven't if it's just been swirling around in our brain. Because, you know, the way we tend to remember things is often just in little fragments, you know, that don't necessarily make a lot of sense. And if we haven't got our heads around what's happening to us, it's very hard to come up with good solutions. And so by listening and asking, you know, good little questions that help people to get the story out, they are getting clarity. They are making sense. It's that classic situation of being a sounding board, Mm. you know. And once they have that clarity, they are at least another step closer to being able to deal with it themselves. Yeah. And I really do think that that is a lot of the issue um, when we're going through something is that it's not clear in our own heads and talking it out can can help us sort of 
put the puzzle pieces together. So we're going to do something here, aren't we, Tony? We had a chat off air. And um, what we're going to do is a little bit of role play. Uh, We're going to – I'm going to take my announcer hat off. You're going to take your therapist hat off. And we're just going to be two friends chatting. And Mm -hmm. uh, just to give people an idea of of how we might frame this um, and where where we can start. So – Okay, so I've come to you. It's been a long day and I am exhausted. So, Tony, I am really struggling with burnout at the moment. I am juggling so many projects at work. My kids are running rampant. They're not doing their housework. My husband uh, is watching way too much football. I'm feeling overwhelmed. Uh, I can't get out of my own way. I'm exhausted. I wake up exhausted. You know, I'm just at the end of my rope. Yeah, wow, Louise, it sounds like you've got a lot going on there. Mm. Yeah. So, so yeah, tell me a bit more about it. Okay. Well, look, you know, my boss has me working on these these five really big projects. So I have a lot of people reporting to me. I'm not getting through, um, you know, really big chunks of work. I'm getting interrupted all the time. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm overwhelmed with... Um, having to deal with that. Then I come home and, you know, nobody's thought about dinner. I might've worked sort of a 10 hour day. And, you know, the first question I get asked when I get home is what's for dinner while everyone else has been sitting there for a couple of hours. And I'm really resentful of that, you know, and I, um, I'm just, yeah, exhausted. I'm snapping at my kids. I'm not showing up as a parent the way that I want to. And, you know, and I can't see a way out of it. I'm just, I'm just really, wrung out Mm, mm. yeah it sounds really hard Mm. yeah so I'm wondering like how long has this been going on for well look you know three months I would say um you know and I I sort of I was excited to take on all these projects at work and and don't get me wrong I like the challenge but I you know it's wearing me down so yeah it's been going for three months I feel like I'm whinging, so I don't want to be nagging at my family either, so I'm keeping it inside a lot. But um, I'm just reaching the point where I'm snapping over stupid things and, you know, and I'm just not – I'm not happy. I'm not I'm not showing up in the way that I want to. Mm, okay, yeah. So you've been aware of it for a while, Louise. What mm. sort of stuff have you tried? Is anything helping? Uh, look uh, – <sighs> I've been I've been sort of you know taking a few baths and um, you know sort of trying to uh, rest when I can on weekends and and that sort of thing. Uh, I find it difficult to say no to my family like if they want you know if they want to go here there or everywhere in terms of functions or you know big family functions and things like that. And I just want to say no, and and I ca- I don't feel like I can. Um, so yeah. I, I could be doing more, but I guess it's it's really about um, me learning to to work out where my limits are. I think I'm just I've you know living for everybody else and maybe not listening to myself. I guess. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it sounds like you, you're you, you're sort of aware of what you need to do. What what do you think you need to try next? Look, I guess I guess I can talk to my boss about getting some some more support. 
um, with the projects that I'm working on um, or, or handing one of those one or two of those off because I just don't think it's sustainable and um, I love my job and I love the company that I work for um, but I think that I'm going to get really resentful if this if this workload keeps up and look you know he's he's not an unreasonable man and um, he probably doesn't realise that I'm struggling because I've kept it inside. So maybe I need mm. to sort of have a chat to him and and maybe I do need to sort of share with my family a bit more what's going on at work so that they understand um, that, you know, I'm not running on all full, full cylinders and I need some support on the home front too, I guess. Okay. So it sounds like what you're going to do at this stage, Louise, is to to talk to people. You're going to talk to your boss about your workload mm. and, you know, making that a bit more manageable. And you're going to talk to your family as well about yeah. sharing the load a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, I mean, I guess, you know, it hadn't really occurred to me that, you know, until we had this discussion that I can actually um, – you know, put some strategies in place to help. It was just sort of I felt like I had to shoulder it all myself and think of everything for everybody else. But I guess, uh, you know, part of the problem I'm, I'm sort of starting to see is that I haven't really shared that with them. So, you know, they're not mind readers. So they probably haven't realised that I'm I'm struggling and I probably need to start with sharing that with them. Yeah, so so this is something you're prepared to try. Yeah. Is leveling with them. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Yeah, okay. yeah. Well, that's made me feel a lot better, Tony. Because yeah, yeah um, I guess those are some simple things that that you know could could help immediately. Is just sharing that I'm struggling. Yeah, yeah, and you're prepared to give that a go. And look, you know, if you want me to check in with you at some later time, Louise, to see how it's gone, I'm, I'm happy to do that. Yeah, that would be great. I really appreciate that. I mean, you're someone that I feel like I can talk to, and um, you know, I don't, I don't want to unload everything onto you, but I really feel better after this chat, and and um, you know, I can see that there's some way, ways forward that I can put into place pretty quickly to try and ease this. So, thanks for listening. Uh, quite okay. I mean, the truth, Louise, is that, you know, under the right conditions, you, you actually do know what to do. That's clear. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. All right. So that was the end of our role play, but that was, that was great because what actually happened there was you asked the questions that made me come up with some solutions myself. Yeah, and look, you don't need to be a counsellor to be able to do that. You can see that the questions that I asked were pretty simple. Yeah. You know, I didn't go deep into your past. I didn't try to kind of, you know, like find out all your feelings and, yeah. you know. It, Link it, it, it wasn't back a deep to past traumas. <laughs> no, that's right, yeah. that's right. So yeah. it's just about, you know, just really simple questions to, you know, if you can help the person to move forward. Again, you don't have to pretend to be a counsellor to do this. Be Just be their friend. Um, and do it in your own style, you know, do it in a way that's just the way a caring friend would do it and you'll be doing it right. There's no right way to do it. But as you can see, I, I didn't give you advice um, and I don't need to. And even if a person's really stuck and going, oh, what would you do, Tony? You know, I would, be, I would say then, look, I'm not sure what I would do in this situation, quite honestly, and, you know, I wouldn't like to you know, take that away from you, you know. I, I would just really put it back onto them in a really nice way yeah. um, and not take away their gift, 
you know, of growing through this and of learning because it really is a gift when a person gets through these things and realises that they can. Yeah. I'm being a supportive friend but I'm not going to take away their responsibility to solve their problems. Yeah, I love it. This has been so fantastic and I know that everybody has sort of struggled with how to approach it when a friend comes to them or a loved one comes to them with a problem. Uh, and I think that that, was, that role play was fantastic because it, um, it just showed how we can gently hold space for that person Ask a couple of pertinent questions, um, but as you say, don't take over and um, give them the solution and say, this is what you must do. Um, yeah, yeah. That's right, yeah. And, and the questions aren't, you know, it's not satisfying my curiosity. It's I'm asking questions that I think are going to help the other person to kind of understand their own issues better. So you don't need to ask a lot of questions. You don't need to ask deep questions. Just the kind of questions going to help them to get some clarity. Yeah, Tony, thank you so much for this discussion today. It has been a fantastic one. I'm sure that everyone's got a lot out of that. And, uh, yeah, thank you for solving my uh, fictional (laughs) burnout problem. Boss, if you're listening, I'm fine. (laughs) Love my work. I mean, when I get to talk to these amazing people on my show, I am hashtag blessed every day. So, Thank you so much for joining us once again for Therapy Thursdays, Tony. My pleasure. That was Tony Knight, our resident psychotherapist, and you've been listening to Therapy Thursdays on The Juice. (laughs)